Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. It is T20 World Cup season and the semi-finals are upon us. I'm your host Ashwin. I'm joined by DJ, who has just spent uh, a rollicking couple of weeks around Australia. You've watched the the latest India-Bangladesh game. You're now, I think, in India on your way home back to the UK. And so, DJ, how are you feeling, man? It's, it's kind of crazy. You go through, what, 42 matches, I think, have happened. Semi-finals are upon us and that's it. Two more games and we'll have a champion. Yeah, it was great. I am, as you said, in India on my way back to the UK. I'm, I'm going to be in India for a week doing some uh, stuff. Uh, at the moment, when you asked how I felt, I think firstly exhausted, a bit jet lagged. Australia jet-lagged. is really far, <laughs> man. Like you don't realize it's far for it. you. Even imagine if India. I had gone. Right? Anyway, it's it's it is far. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. So the three games uh, I went to watch were India Pakistan, epic. Uh, India Netherlands, decent game, and then India Bangladesh, which turned out to be. I mean, having sat through India Pakistan, we were all like, uh, I don't know. Is this going to be? Are we ever going to enjoy a cricket game in in a ground ever again? Are we ever going to get excited about like, something like that ever again? And lo and behold, Team India managed to conspire to make us sweat. Almost got themselves knocked out due to rain, and uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting. We were screaming in the stands again. Um, yeah, well, I'm yeah. Sure we'll so, talk all so about I'm that. I'm going to come to you, and I want to I want to double click on that game a little bit just to go through what happened. This past week, right? When we were last with you all, South Africa had just, when Varun and I were last with you all, South Africa had just beaten India. And so both groups basically had four, at least four teams still alive, if not all five at that point. Um, Australia beat Ireland to keep their hopes alive still, which was not a huge surprise. Sri Lanka beat Afghanistan, which it has been a disappointing World Cup for Afghanistan. Now you can look back and say they got two points because of two rained out matches, but you know, Sri Lanka kept themselves alive. England then beat New Zealand, which was really interesting, which was very critical for the English team to be able to, to keep their hopes alive and have a shot at semifinal qualifications, which we know, obviously, since they have done. And that was Joss Butler finally finding his form and bringing some heroics to the party. Then we can keep going. And on the, f- the first of the double header that you saw, I don't know if you actually watched it, but Zimbabwe played Netherlands. And then Dutch won by f- five wickets and actually, you know, just showed that they're here to stay. And by the way, we're sitting here, if I'm not mistaken, the Dutch have just cemented their qualification for the 2024 World Cup because the top eight teams have qualified and by beating uh, Zimbabwe, by beating South Africa, the Netherlands has sealed their spot. So congratulations to them. DJ, did you watch both games or was it just the India Bangladesh? So I, I watched both games. We uh, got there early because obviously, you know, uh, we've been doing some reels and stuff on Instagram. So we had to be there early to do that, which was fun. Um, yeah, it was a great game. The Netherlands, uh, I was almost tempted to say this is their greatest win in T20 cricket over Zimbabwe. But then I remember they'd beaten England with Stuart Broad, uh, that overthrow, right? Um in the 2009 version. And uh, I mean, that was obviously overshadowed again uh, with what happened today. But you know what? The top scorer for the Netherlands team, he's actually been on this podcast. Axel Dowd. He's a good friend of the podcast. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, yeah. Yeah, so it's a great win. It was a, it was a nice game. I think there was one moment in that game um, where there was a catch and one of the Zimbabwean fielders parried it over the boundary and his trousers came off as well. So that's pretty funny. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, good game, good win. Let's talk about the second match of the doubleheader then, DJ. Like India playing Bangladesh. Slightly rainy conditions. There wasn't a lot of rain around while, it, while uh, the, the, the match happened. So India bats first at, at the Adelaide Oval. And 
a couple of things to talk about, right? Puts up 184, Surya Kumar Yadav, who, by the way, after today's game, I'm not sure we've been getting his name right. I'm not sure if it's if it's actually Surya Kumar Yadav or his Superman Kumar Yadav. Like, just, just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. But, uh, and Virat Kohli scored 64 out of 40 of 44 balls, which I'm now very excited to say it's not really newsworthy anymore. We're back to the point where a Virat 50 is is quote unquote par for the course, which I'm super excited about. Let's talk about KL Rahul, right? We we got it's interesting to listen in hindsight, and I think there were a couple of listeners who actually heard last week's episode after Rahul played against Bangladesh and got the 50 and got this unbelievable run out, and it's amazing how short term our our bias and perspective are at that point. We were like, man, Rahul doesn't belong on this side. It's time. We should bring Pant, all that. DJ, how, how, was, how was Rahul's 50 for those in the crowd? How were you feeling watching him make a 50? And then, of course, arguably getting a run out with a direct hit that changed the course. We counted the direct hit because I think that was a, a, a special piece of cricket, particularly after the rain break. And India's pants were literally on fire at that point because they were going to be put out of the World Cup if Bangladesh went on and won that. Um, so this is a difficult question for me. I think the challenge has been Rahul has made up um, runs. He scored two fifties, right? Consecutive fifties uh, against Bangladesh and Zimbabwe. Uh, he's got out soon after his fifties, but in I, in both of those games, we've lost. I'd say ten percent of the overs that we have. I mean, you can't block out or play out. Rahul left the first four balls of the Bangladesh game. He lit, uh, You can't do that. This We saw what Lytton Das did. That's what an attacking opening batsman is meant to do. And it's fine in hindsight. He got 50 of 35. Yes, you can accelerate. But what if you don't? You're not off nine balls or whatever it was. It was... I don't know. I'm I'm struggling. I'm 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 struggling because he's justifying it at the moment. But the amount of pressure it puts on people like Sky, I think, is a game where Sky fails, where Kohli fails, and Rahul and Rohit have got us off to that kind of start. Where are we going to go from there? So, I don't know. I'm struggling. Is this not DJ? Is is this not kind of an a six six and a half minutes? And I'm bringing him up, but is this not a little bit of the MS Dhoni school of thought, which is like dig your heels in, play now, or is it different later in the game? Hundred percent. It it's different in the, in the rest of the game. You're setting the pace okay. here. You've got the field up here. I mean, you can hit over the top. The Dhoni um, method, or whoever the finisher is, their method is to. Make it a one-on-one contest, which is what Kohli did against Pakistan, right? It became a contest between him and it was one person would hold their nerve in that contest. In that case, it, Nawaz cracked under the pressure, Ralph cracked under the pressure, we won. But you're not setting the pace and we saw what a, a what a opener who went after the bowling did in that very game. Litton Das, 66 of 7 over, 60 of 6 overs, right? How big a difference did that make? to the equation. And we know they have the capability yeah, to go so from, let's day just... bo- from ball one, which it puts, the amount of pressure puts on a Kohli, a Sky is immense. And they're, they're managing at the moment. And I have to say, I was lucky to watch three games, each of which in Kohli scored a 50. Surya got a 30 in this game and he got a 50 in the Netherlands game. It was brilliant. So the middle order is is firing. But the, but the top order needs to fire. And it isn't. Man, maybe I'm at the point now where if you score three Kohli 50s, that means it was probably you 
you were probably the good luck charm, which means if we lose the semis, <laughs> so, if he doesn't make uh, it, I'm going to blame you. Uh, Everybody on this show is officially going to blame you. I was starting to send me back to Australia. You know what? Maybe I'll come with you this time for the semi. Actually, I don't know if I, if I, even if I leave now, I don't know Thursday. if I will make it in time. It's Thursday, so right? far, given how. Yeah. Yeah. I live in small town America. By the time I even get to an airport that can fly me there. But that's a different discussion. Let's talk about this Bangladesh chase. So you come out knowing you're chasing, what, 185 or so, 185. And there is some rain around. It didn't really look, uh, for, for those of us watching on TV, it didn't really look at least like there was going to be for sure a rain disruption. And yet, Litton Das came out batting, obviously, as you think an opener should, as T20, uh, as like, it was kind of the England school of thought, just go big from ball one. But it almost also looked like the Bangladeshis knew there was rain in the air. So he bets a 21 ball half century, takes Shami for runs, takes Bhuvi for some runs, takes Arshdeep for 12 in his first over, just some magnificent clean hitting. And the fact that his partner was uh, batting at like a strike rate of 35 or 40 or something at the time, Made, it, made the total did not seem as good. But still, rain comes in, seven overs, Bangladesh 66 for zero, and then we realize that is 17 runs ahead of the power score. So India fans everywhere are panicking. Bangladesh fans are excited. Pakistan fans, of all people, needed, needed this match to help their, their situation. So they were very excited about, uh, about India potentially dropping points. And then... DJ, walk me through the vibe at the ground. I'll tell you what the vibe was. On TV, it looked like, this is a loaded question. It looked like uh, there was, you know, the rain had eased up, but it was still it was still light rain. I am coming off of the context of South Africa versus Zimbabwe, where Zimbabwe were in a good position and decided, didn't feel like going back on because the rain was uh, on the ground and it felt unsafe conditions. South Africa obviously wanted to go back on. In this case, India obviously would have wanted to go back on to give ourselves more of a shot. But, 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 rain is very difficult for the fielding side. It def- disproportionately hurts the fielding side. So, so just walk me through what the vibe was. Because obviously there are a lot of people transparently who believe India would have pushed to go back on. The umpires made a decision to go back on before it was safe. Litton Das looked like he slipped uh, in his first couple of balls back. So, so how, what was going on? So at the ground, I'll tell you the vibe was obviously the there was one corner which is full of Bangladeshi fans. They were ecstatic when the rain came because the rain wasn't expected. It was completely even when the rain was falling. You look at the weather app; it said no precipitation for the next four hours. It was like a kind of a freak rain shower that came from nowhere. It was sunny earlier in the day. If you watch the Zimbabwe uh, Netherlands game, it was sunny during that day. It got colder during the night, but the rain just came and it was windy. That was that was a good bit because there was a lot of wind. So when you saw the rain, it was like kind of going around in waves. The vibe was was pretty dire, I have to say, from Indian fans because every moment I think spent in the ground feels like ten minutes on ten minutes basically. Like oh, how many overs have we lost? We eventually only lost four overs, but we spent I think forty minutes of the of the field. It felt like it was like five hours because everyone was stressed. India was going to get knocked out. It was going to be rained. We were already thinking, oh my God, England have already lost a game to Ireland. Luckily, this was the second game in the day. This is the other important bit. England-Ireland was the first game of the day. And so they had to call it to get the second game of the day underway. Whereas that pressure wasn't on um, for the... Bangladesh-India game. Of course, you saw Shakib gesticulating. Litton Das slipped the first ball. He came back on. I, I mean, to be honest, like the umpires would not let the players back on there if it was not safe. 
And the feelers, the feeling side did not slip even once after it came back on. So a great advert for their spike makers. But um, I mean, I think that break gave the Indian team a breather because they were under an assault. Like Lytton had just taken to the bowlers. We didn't know what had hit us. I think there was one over that Akshar had bowled, which only went for six runs. But it gave us a chance to reassess and say, oh my God, India might be out of the World Cup if we don't do something soon. And the entire team seemed to just lift itself absolutely magnificently after that. The crowd got behind them. I'll let you talk about the KL Rahul Ranar because I was messaging you guys and I couldn't see. I thought it was Kohli because... Frankly, a lot of these guys look pretty similar from mm. the distance. <laughs> With the beards. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, really quickly, second ball after the rain delay. And again, rain delays, obviously, there's the fact that the ground may be wet, but it's also just a delay, right? Lytton was in unbelievable form. Any sort, we've seen this a million times in cricket, right? Drinks breaks or any sort of a break in, in your momentum can change, can change the energy. And so, I th- Shanto, his partner, was on strike. They get, they hit the ball to KL Rahul. In the deep, by the way. And they they run one. And Shanto wants the second. Lytton didn't really call for the second. But as he's turning, his he, you know, for some reason, he, he ran the first on the pitch. And the second one sort of on the grass or like turned on the grass to run back on the grass. And, and I don't think he actually tripped. But he did lose his footing for a split second. And KL Rahul fires it in from the deep, direct hit on the stumps. Lytton Das is losing his mind, screaming at his, or basically like upset at his partner, upset at the umpires uh, for being back on. And uh, anyway, gets out for a magnificent 60 off of 27 balls. Full, full credit to him. And still it looked like at that point, Bangladesh was ahead of the DLS scores. But you know, for those of you who know how Duckworth Lewis works, a wicket changes the required target at that point, right? And so at that point, just the loss of the wicket Six or seven balls later, Shami gets his partner Shanto out. And ultimately after that, I won't go through it all, the collapse kind of started. Ashti picked up a, uh, an over with two wickets in it. Hardik then came on, picked up an over with two wickets in it. And yeah, at the end of it, we'll come down to that last over. So DJ, 20 runs needed off six balls, right? There's a 16 over, it's in a 16 over format. Uh, One bowler can bowl four. I was going to say. One bowler yeah. can bowl four, right? So five times three and one. Yes, math is hard. And Shami had an over. And Shami has all the experience. And Rohit Sharma gives the ball to Arshdeep Singh. What were you guys thinking then? Did you feel like it was a right uh, 100%. Point? Arshdeep was magnificent. He is our death bowler, man. And um, he, I think Shami had bowled three. Uh, Bhuvi had bowled three up front. Uh, Ashwin was going for runs, so he wasn't going to come back. Hardik had bowled, uh, bowled his three, so it had to be Arshdeep. And we left him 20 to defend, which was enough in the end, but it was mighty close. And you missed one uh, controversial moment in that game, fake fielding. Oh, yeah, I chose not to talk about that, I guess. Yeah, did you notice that in the crowd? Yeah, I didn't yeah, notice it when it happened. I saw, I, we saw it when Interesting. it happened. Um, and we saw the okay. umpire, uh, sorry, the non-striker, whoever it was, I don't know who it was, uh, asked the umpire about that oh, they immediately. Okay. It was on the field that they okay. asked for it. And the umpire just kind of shrugged and the game went on. I was like, that looks like fake fielding to me. And um, I I don't know what the text of the law says, whether the batsmen have to be deceived or whether there just has to be an intention to deceive. But 
there was clear kohli was clearly trying one there and earlier on in the day kohli had effectively signaled a no ball for the extra number of bouncers in the over so yeah so that combination right of kohli asking for the no ball second match in a row the fake fielding and the the speed with which they came back on to play after yes. the rain delay okay. left bangladeshi fans reeling a little bit yeah. right yeah and i mean kohli kohli would have taken that if he'd been given the five runs i don't think he would have changed the result because i mean you can't then say we lost by five runs we would have got five penalty runs then because the dynamic would have been different people would have made different decisions uh based on how many runs were left to get um but i don't think kohli would have complained if he was fined five runs for that it was wow. it was a really silly thing to do and it it was a brain fade from kohli to my mind i i don't know very very interesting anyway arshdeep finishes it strong um manages to get the get the team over the line and get those two points that ended up being critical for india to seal the top spot in the group dj we're going to take a quick break we will come back talk about some of the remaining matches and the final day of group play which saw plenty of surprises including of course south africa falling short yet again if you are watching this on youtube please hit the like button and the subscribe button uh this is how we get more of you to come back and we come back every week but we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back after this you're listening to cricket's conversation on 99.94 Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994dm by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. DJ, after after the high of Bangladesh, of course, then following that, Pakistan had to play South Africa. Again, very interesting group dynamic. This was probably the group where we thought all three teams were alive. It turned out all four, including Bangladesh, were still alive till the last day. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the details, but Pakistan got it to 185, which is actually phenomenal when you see that Rizwan and Babar failed again and Masood failed again. This, yeah, this this random young kid, uh, not random, but unknown to me at least, Mohammad Harris comes on, hits three sixes and two fours, and just just goes absolutely berserk early on. Is he the brother of Sohil Harris? Okay, of Chris Harris. Chris Harris, definitely Chris Harris's brother. Um, anyway, uh, Anrik Nokia picks up four wickets, but then South Africa absolutely just fall apart, absolutely fall apart, making 108 for nine. Um, phenomenal bowling from the Pakistanis, Shaheen Afridi. Yeah. finding his form again right picked up three wickets that they picked up four today at the time of recording this against bangladesh and so pakistan keeps their hopes alive right again it was after they lost um after they lost to india i think they lost the first two right they lost to india and then zimbabwe yeah, back zimbabwe to back and india yeah and they lost to zimbabwe back to back it looked like they were ready to get on a plane home and this becomes relevant again soon then kind of par for the course new zealand wins their game against ireland australia wins their game against afghanistan and then england wins their game against sri lanka all required results to uh, for all expected results and required to keep each team alive but australia beat afghanistan by just four runs and afghanistan could have potentially done it some last minute heroics by rashid i don't know if you got a chance to watch that unbelievable six hitting from rashid khan it was always a little too much left for him to do but ended up uh australian wonder opening by 
which means... But what, by four runs? Four runs, just four runs. Rashid Khan oh, had a chance. Oh, wow, because they were like 109 for six when I, when oh, I yeah. got on my flight. Oh, yeah, Rashid Khan And I was like, Khan there's needed, no chance they're making this. He got it down Because they needed 160-odd, right? Yeah, yeah. They needed... Sorry, I got to double-check what we put up. But Rashid had it just unbelievable. They needed 169, and they got to 164. Including oh, wow. Rashid making 48 off 23. Like that. So one of the things, one of the highlights of my trip was watching Rashid Khan practice in the net. We put yeah, a, that's uh, a great like video. the live video. If you haven't of it. seen it, you should, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, he hits a helicopter and he goes, Ek MS Dhoni ka bhi banta hai na. And at the end of it, he goes, free me watching. Which is just <laughs> so good. He's such so, a cool guy, man. Amazing. Cool and to, guy. to see him watch, like how much he works on his batting too, right? It's one of yeah. maybe the best T20 ball. And the, the world. sound of the bat, man. Wow. Cracking. Cracking. Right. So England then goes on to beat Sri Lanka. And they beat Sri Lanka by four wickets, uh, and which officially mean the hosts. And I think your pick for finalists, and maybe my pick for finalists too, I don't remember, have been knocked out of the tournament. Australia get knocked out because they're unable to beat Afghanistan with the right margin. So I didn't actually pick Australia. I think Varun picked Australia. I think a, a preview I did with uh, another channel, I picked New Zealand because they just seemed to oh, so you make did, it to the semis well, you always You always call this. Anyway. And then Australia, I said, are not a t- good T20 team there, so they wouldn't make it. And, and then India and Pakistan. But admittedly, I made those choices like a long time ago. So... Um, I somehow managed to. It's um, cricket. Cricket uh, for us is the channel where I did that preview with uh, Ajit. So have Got a look it. at that. Cool. So so that settled that group two, right? You have New Zealand topping the group, and you have England qualifying in second. Sri Lanka fell short. Obviously, weren't able to weren't able to look good. Afghanistan, unfortunately, a very disappointing tournament for them. And Australia finished in third. DJ, pretty interesting, and I'm going to finish this episode when we're talking about the last day of cricket, but very interesting that Australia actually had seven points, but are third place uh, because of net run rate. And in our group, Pakistan has six points, but are second place and are qualifying. Is there an argument to be made for for the structure of this the two-group format, or, is that you, or does it come, come down to the fact that Australia knew what they needed and just still just couldn't do it? I think the two group format has to stay. I think it, I think it gives it a nice dynamic as well, because um, I think one of the groups is also affected more by rain, which probably led to the split points. Right? Like uh, I don't know which which of was it Afghanistan probably? No, Australia Afghanistan happened. Uh, Australia dropped points against somebody um, because of the rain. England. England. So that they well, split yeah, Australia, points England with didn't England, happen, and then Afghanistan had two matches washed out. Zimbabwe, yeah. South Africa, so, obviously. So arguably, if England had won that, it would have been a neater solution. I think it's nice to have the two two separate uh, groups. I think in larger countries with more stadiums, you can concentrate games across different parts of the group, and then you can bring them together later on. I think it was, I think it was, um, I think it's a good format to be honest. I I also like the fact that you play round one, and uh, teams like the Netherlands come. Um, uh, through the round and, and spring these surprises. Ireland actually beat the West Indies and um, England. What a World Cup they had. I actually saw them at the airport while flying back. The entire team was sitting there just having dinner. So I got a picture that's with Paul awesome. Sterling. Oh, that's awesome. It's been a that's trip, a, man. It's been a really good like trip. like you've had a great experience. I'm sad that yeah. I missed it, but also excited that 2024 is in my part of the world. So oh, maybe yeah, you'll yeah. have to come this way instead and we make a trip out of it. We're but, booking already. Love it. 
Let's talk about the final day of cricket. So tr- the first triple header, because they wanted all three group games, to, assuming to be on the same day. South Africa versus Netherlands. Here was the, here's the equation, right? South Africa needed to beat the Netherlands to uh, basically assure, uh, to, to mathematically assure their qualification. And you're thinking South Africa probably backed themselves to do that. They would have ended with seven points, which then meant the winner of Bangladesh, Pakistan would have got to six, which then meant, okay, if India lost to Zimbabwe, uh, yes, if India lost to Zimbabwe, then I, the winner of Bangladesh, Pakistan would have made it through. And if India won, then it would have been India and South Africa. So you're sitting there with Bangladesh, Pakistan, assuming South Africa would win, pretty honestly, and then hoping that Zimbabwe can pull off a miracle against Team India. And the first game of the day, un, unbelievable, unexpected result. The Netherlands, who I don't think have lost to South Africa before in a T20, end up coming and picking up at un- incredible two points. And what does that do? And we'll talk about the game quickly, but what does that do for the group dynamic? Netherlands win means India qualifies. Position still yeah. TBD, but India qualifies. And it means mathematically, unless there was rain, Bangladesh-Pakistan becomes a quarterfinal. So the winner of the team goes through, the winner of that match goes through, the loser goes out. And you're sitting there. And what that means then for India is a win over Zimbabwe means to be top of the group. A loss to Zimbabwe means we come second. But that qualification was certain. We're getting some fun comments where Shanek is asking, uh, <laughs> what, did the just, what did the Dutch just pull off? And then you're seeing Sumit especially, which is really interesting, say how happy was Rahul see South Africa lose more than anybody. We're thinking of Bangladesh and Pakistan. But the fact that there's no pressure against Zimbabwe because we had already qualified may have changed the equation. So... DJ, but even Babar didn't score against Zimbabwe this time. So I mean, I know I tough. picked him. I captained him against Zimbabwe just because of the Zimbabwe Azam. Zimbabwe. <laughs> anyway, DJ, the Netherlands uh, made 158, which is much better than I would have expected. Transparently, against the South African bowling lineup, I do think the bowlers let them down a little. Rabada has been a you know a little bit of a disappointment this tournament. Nokia was unbelievably economical, but couldn't pick up more wickets. Four overs, one for ten. But made 158. Kudos to, to Ackerman for his 41. Tom Cooper for 35. All of the top, top order basically looked pretty good. And then in the chase, right? I want to talk about a couple things, right? So chasing 159, the South Africa batsmen come out, have a hard time getting bad on ball. It, the pitch is a little bit too paced, which makes you then appreciate how many runs in the, the Netherlands got. But let's specifically talk about a shot which I'm guessing you saw, but David Miller. David Miller is, has been the key, the key to South Africa in many, many chases like this, even for his IPL franchise. and Even against India. Even against he India. This, the end. this tournament. Yeah, he's the key that comes yeah. in late middle order in a tough situation, consolidates, and then hits big at the end. There is a player who has previously played for South Africa, national side, who is now playing for the Dutch, which is only in our sport you see stories like this all the time. But, but I'm, of course, talking about, I'm, I never pronounce his name correctly, but Rulof van der Merwe, who, did you see the catch? Have you seen the clips of it? Oh, yeah. It was incredible. I think Ru- he, he left South Africa to become a cold pack player and play for, uh, play county cricket. And then he's got some Dutch connection, so he plays for them. And he played in the last World Cup for them as well. But that was a catch which... I mean, we've seen some great catching this 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 tournament. We saw Glenn Phillips's catch. 
Uh, we saw Kohli's catch today. We saw Ryan Burles catching today as well. So we had a really good catching day today as well as the entire tournament has been brilliant, really. I mean, Barber's catch at slip, fantastic. But that was just... That was the game in the air. It think was, about, I just watched 83. So, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, you say that, that that catch was the game because you dismissed David Miller. It was the game. It was the end of South Africa's World Cup run, which looked for all intents and purposes, like they were ready for a semi-final spot. And it was securing of Netherlands' spot in the 2024 World Cup, which may not be a big deal to India, England, Australia, but it is a huge deal to the Netherlands to have a spot already confirmed for 2024. So, sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, so the direct qualification uh, happened after Pakistan beat Bangladesh and India beat Zimbabwe. So that's when it got confirmed. But yes, it gave them a shot of that. Uh, but it was I, I was just watching... 83 on the plane ride back, right? And I hadn't ma- managed to watch it because, I don't know, it was like I thought I knew the story and stuff. But it's it's quite a good film. I quite enjoyed the film as as as, as a movie and uh, I think they've done a pretty good job with the cricket bit as well. But the part where Kapil Dev is running backwards, right? I think this catch was a better catch in terms of pure catching ability because the ball has swung and swerved and you can see he's caught it so far, so low. It was just an absolutely magnificent piece of fielding by the oldest player on the field as well. And it was David Miller. It was South Africa looking to tee off. I mean, the context was brilliant. It was just... I mean, the, the Dutch have... Um, they've won a lot of hearts today. I think they've got a lot of fans in Pakistan as well today. And for a while, they would have had Bangladeshi fans as well. So well done to those guys, right? And uh, yeah, brilliant piece of cricket and holding their nerve to close it out as well. Because remember, they haven't done much of this. They haven't won a lot. And to win against a top flight nation like South Africa is, is, is yeah. congratulations I mean, to them. There is plenty of great cricket that happens across the years, but this is it's this kind of moment that makes World Cup special, right? The, yeah. the small and, teams. And like this, this is exactly the argument for like having a bigger World Cup, not a smaller World Cup, not go towards like having 10 teams. You need to have at least a T20 is where you need I to have say, that. Only, I, I agree with that in this format. I think ODIs can be painful when you have teams that are so far apart. But yeah. yeah, brilliant. Look at the upsets you've had. Scotland, Ireland. You've England have uh, Scotland West Indies, sorry. England have been beaten by Ireland. The Netherlands have just beaten uh, South Africa. Pakistan were beaten by Zimbabwe. I mean, it's it's open. And if I don't know, Pakistan go ahead and win this World Cup, they'll have the Netherlands to thank because they were going home. They booked their tickets. They were just about to press pay now on their <laughs> on their uh, booking. Unbelievable. So. Like I said, South Africa gets knocked out. The next match of the day, Pakistan-Bangladesh becomes a virtual quarterfinal. I won't talk about it too much. Pretty lackluster batting performance from Bangladesh. Again, same pitch, right? So it shows you just how well the Dutch batted to get to 150 plus because 127 from Bangladesh looked, uh, at one point, looked like they were going to do well and then just kind of the collapse started. Shaheen picked up four. Again, watching him post-injury rise back to his best makes me very nervous for the semis and finals. But... But a good good match. You finally saw the opener score a little bit, but still, still, you'd argue against Bangladesh for his one thirty-two at a run ball, Babar twenty-five uh, at well below a run ball. Uh, came down to that young guy, Mohammad Harris again, and I honestly have just assumed he's young because I hadn't seen him around. I should check what his age is. He's and Sean as well. Sean had a nice inning. Twenty-four Sean or fourteen, right? Strong Decent. And won the yeah, and so Pakistan wins the game 
with 11 balls to spare and seals their their semifinal spot. And so now they're waiting to see what happens between India and Zimbabwe to see where they finish. Do they finish top of the group or do they finish? Um, because I believe it was, it's, actually, I'm not sure. Maybe they couldn't top the group. I think it is head to head and India had beaten Pakistan. They, they would have topped no, the group if they we... they would have topped the group. Sorry, if we lost. If we, we had lost, six points right. and qualified. Yeah. But um, they, their net run rate presumably would have been better. But, so but at India's, that point, we didn't really care, man. Like, were they playing New Zealand in the semis or England in the semis? I don't it's think India, much of a muchness, to be totally honest. I don't think India wants to play New Zealand in any semis anytime soon. But let's quickly talk yeah. through this India-Zimbabwe match. I mean, it is a it was an excellent batting performance at the end of it and a good good bowling performance to back it up. But yeah, Rahul makes another 50 just at about 145. So I think he made 50 of 32 the last game, 51 of 35 here. And then DJ, I know you have some some never-ending superlatives for Surya Kumar Yadav. But some of the images that are circulating of some of the sixes he hit like over deep backward square from like six feet outside the off stump. Just unbelievable, right? It's, it's, you run out of words sometimes. I mean, it's, it's creative, it's daring, it's bold, it's magnificent because it's been practiced. It's not a fluke. It's not a fluke. You, I mean, you've got A.B. De Villiers saying, you're doing pretty well, my buddy. You're getting there. You're, you're doing something right. And I mean, He's come up the hard way. He's. They were talking on air about how he's. Uh, he used to be a finisher for KKR, playing fifteen balls. So he's got that. Then he became a top order batter for the MI, and he's got that. And of course, he's played Ranji Trophy cricket. Ravi Shastri on air said he can play Test cricket for India as well. This guy's got the game to play Test cricket as well. And he's just. He's in the form of his life. I mean, we've seen Kohli at his peak, right? But Surya is just playing. And I think I've said this before in the context of Kohli, like Surya is like the, he's like the school captain playing a house match, if that makes sense. Right? He, he's just having fun. He's hitting the ball where he likes it. He's he's one second quicker than everybody else in reading the line and the length. And he's just putting it wherever he wants where there are no fielders. And it is absurd. And it's high risk. It's high reward. It's exhilarating. I mean, what he did against South Africa... Incredible. No one else could lay a bat on it. And this guy is just ramping, scooping, smashing it straight. He's literally 360. And it's brilliant to see that the IPL has thrown out a product like this in front of our eyes, right? We've seen him come up in front of our eyes. We remember when he was not in the team. You remember the time where he that he had a showdown with Kohli, RCB I mean, MI. Yeah. And he said Mehuna after he finished that game. Right. And he's I mean, got it's hard to think to back. It is very hard to think back to the days where Surya Kumar Yadav did not make it into the Indian playing eleven. Like it's just it's it seems ridiculous to think about it. DJ, we're a can, little can bit I, over our yeah. Go ahead. Can I just ask you a question about Rohit? Yeah, eighty nine runs in the tournament so far. What's going on? And he's getting out the same way on those big grounds. He's pulling down to 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 deep square leg. I mean, it works on an SCG or an Adelaide where the ground is smaller, right? MCG, you know how he's going to get out. So. Yeah, it's interesting. We talked, Varun and I talked about it at length last week. And, you know, some of what we talked was the context of both openers. And I was, as a little transparently, like I do think a little bit of Rahul's very slow starts and his inability to to get away was putting pressure on Rohit. And then you sit here and say, yeah, Rahul's then made 250 since and Rohit has still failed both those matches. So obviously, unfortunate to see him going through a lean patch. I think the thing with Rohit is he's the kind of player who, it's like Baba and Rizwan, right? Like they've, 
done well enough over the course of their career as openers that you continue to back them. And when they come good, he will come good. I'm hopeful it happens in the semis and the final. He just looks very, he just looks like he's not seeing the ball as well. And we've always said he's one of India's best pullers of the ball, but maybe, maybe he's, he's, you know, the short ball is starting to undo him a little on the big grounds. So it's disappointing. I mean, he's our captain. I don't like Barun and I didn't talk about it too much because it wasn't a, should we drop him question? It's just not right. Like he's our captain. He's one of it. We've said on this show before, he's maybe before sky, at least he was one of India's biggest six hitters. And it's disappointing, but you just have to back him to come good. And if not, and if he doesn't in the next two games, then you start thinking about okay, what is what does it mean for his captaincy and his role in the T20 side? I'll give you one more stat. Only one team has ever won the World T20 where the captain scored a fifty in the tournament: Pakistan in two thousand and nine. All other captains haven't scored a fifty in games that, in tournaments that their teams have won. I'm now trying to think about it. If among the four semifinals, Aaron Bob- Finch. Bob, no, but among this four semifinalists that are left, Babar hasn't scored one yet. Okay. Rohit hasn't scored one. I'm pretty sure Kane, Kane didn't. Kane made 40 something, if I'm not mistaken. And okay. Butler did. So, all right, that's England's hopes. Okay, Butler. then. <laughs> Righty. Righty-o. Um, let's do other quick things before we were a little over. Rishabh Pant. Disappointing because he got out to a, a great catch. But yeah, how. What are your thoughts? He got an opportunity, made three runs. Is that it? Are we going to like go back to DK for the semi? Or what do you do from a selection standpoint? Uh, I don't know. I think we should stick with Pump, man. DK <laughs> dropped that catch again of Luton in that game. There I was going to say, another... how much do you factor in the fact that Rishabh is a much better how, keeper of spin? How weird is that? That we're saying that Rishabh is a better keeper than DK. He's, he's gotten much better. Rishabh was not a great keeper yeah. two or three years ago. He kept he's well a... today as well. Yeah. Kept well today as well. So, um, I think the left hand, they're both at par at the moment, if you if you ask my honest opinion. Uh, we haven't needed that finishing kick. I mean, when, he needed, when we needed that finishing kick against Pakistan, it didn't really come. Uh, we didn't really... Bangladesh, he got run out, so that was unlucky. Currently at par, but as Varun said, Rishabh has played this tournament and it's just, they're just going to flip a coin. I, I think Pant should have a slight advantage if he, because he bats lefty and it, it's better for matchups. And today was unlucky, man. It was a nice shot. Ryan Burl took a screamer of a catch and another day that's one foot over the, that guy's head in six. Do you factor in that Adelaide? Has been was pretty good to the was it like sorry a tough tough pitch to bowl on I don't know what the pitch is going to look like for next Thursday but do you factor in the pitch and the fact that England uh, is our opposition when you're making the choice? Uh yeah you would because England's got uh, Rashid uh, Adil Rashid who's a leg spinner um, they've also got um, Moin Ali who I think uh, Rishabh has taken down in the past which is clearly good memories. Um, I play Rishabh Pant just because he's a gay guy who can win. A, I've told you this before. He can win you a game in 15 minutes. <laughs> Literally, which DK could do as well, but it's a different role DK plays. And DK bats further down the order and he's the, he's the 15 ball guy, whereas Pant needs a little bit more time. So he'd probably bat five below Surya to break up that right hand, right handed top six. Got it. But All right. drop it and grow it will do what they want to do. So... Who can Absolutely. predict anything? Well, just to wrap up Zimbabwe's innings, not a lot to write home about. Bhuvi picks up a great first ball uh, wicket to set the tone for the innings. And yeah, a couple of good heroics from Raza, who's been outstanding for them this tournament, and Ryan Burl, 
with some six, you know, took, took Akshar to the cleaners a little bit. But other than that, very clinical bowling performance. Nice to see Ashwin pick up some wickets. Shami and Hardik pick yeah. up a couple each. And India tops the yeah. game. What about Ash? Have you been okay with his bowling? I mean, I sit here and say, who have been, Hasaranga has been pretty successful. Like, you go through and say, Leggies have done pretty well in this tournament. And we got Chahal <laughs> bringing our drinks. And so, I mean, obviously, I don't think they're going to change it now. But I do think no, if we post-mortem yeah. this tournament and say, did we miss a trick a little bit? And we got a question in the comments just asking about whether our resources are being used. And I think this came in in the context of Sky. But, like, are we really leveraging Chehel enough? Are we Anyway, it's a tough call. It's a problem of plenty that India has with selection. And I think they're going to persist with Ash. And he, he earned it today by picking up, with the, picking up three wickets. So, yeah. Right, DJ, I'm going to wrap this episode up which, without... Uh, we haven't done this yet, but a fantasy league update. And I know you haven't really done it. Either you've been playing really poorly or you haven't been playing. Because as I, I look at the edges, I, it's like... I think I made my team on day one and then I flew off on day two and then I, I haven't even bothered. So we have we have a smaller group playing the Edges and Sledges fan league this time. It's 35 teams are out there. Um, in first place at the end of the group stage, but there's still three matches to go, is a team called Desi Pinkman. Uh, 9,900 points. So congratulations to them. Number two is Tarun Perfect Team, 9,500. Number three is Snow Stalker, 9,431. Happy not to have to say names that I couldn't pronounce, but still interesting names. But Desi Pinkman I, is a good one, actually. Yeah, it's pretty funny. His but, other um, team is Desi Walter White. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> in sixth place is Varun, 9,040 points. And I am Arvar. less than... Our Varun in Arvar. sixth place. And I am less than 100 points behind him. In ninth place, and Arash, exactly. Sorry, I'm just jet lagged. I'm just talking. Yeah, you need to go to bed. This has been fun, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, congratulations to those in the top three. We do have three games left, two semis and a final, so it's going to be a fun time. So, who are we predicting is winning the whole thing? I'm Varun's saying, already out because he said in England, uh, India, Australia final. So obviously, that's not happening. Yeah, I don't even remember what I predicted. I think I predicted, yeah. Anyway, somebody will go back and pull the tape. But I'm predicting India beats England. Pakistan pulls it through against New Zealand oh, in the big game. India, Pakistan, India Pakistan at the G. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's what, is, that's what the dreams are made of, man. It's going to be great. What about you? What are you predicting? Man, if if India, Pakistan at the G happens You might again, have to fly back. It is going to be insane. There'll be people yeah. jumping the walls to get into that ground. Yeah. It's... That I mean, I hope your prediction comes through. I hope India wins it, man. I hope for our sake that um, we get to celebrate an ICC trophy. We've never had one on this uh, podcast. It's truth. I haven't won one since Edges and Sledges started. Quickly, DJ, what's your prediction? Um, I'm going to say India win um, against England. I think New Zealand will beat Pakistan in their clinical way, reach the final, and then India is going to win. And then New Zealand will New be Zealand. 15 for 3 against Trent Bolt and Tim South. No, New Zealand will be 15 <laughs> for 3 against Arsh because we've good. got our own weapon. That's we've right. We've got our own weapon. That's it. You, you heard it here. These are our predictions. Folks, thank you as always for joining us. It is a ton of fun. We always enjoy um, putting this up. By the time we're back next week, it'll be the end of the T20 World Cup. It feels like we've spent two years building up to squad selection and uh, now we just start thinking about the next ones. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We're ready to see Kohli lift a trophy. I mean, sorry, Rohit lift a trophy, I guess. But <laughs> that both, was the other thing. But both of One them of the announcers went, uh, India led by Virat Kohli has come out. It's like, dude, that changed a year ago. He anyway, was led. We were fun. led by that. Right. 
That brings us to a wrap. As always, at one tip, one hand on all the social medias. If you're still watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe. That's what you're supposed to do, I think. Um, and yeah, help us help us get some more uh, this out there to some more listeners. And we will be back next week to talk about who won the T20 World Cup. This has been the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on 99.94 DM. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.